This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, Los Angeles? It's your host, Casey Diaz. Author of the Shot Caller. Hey, uh, we're gonna touch on some really important subjects here today, and I think you're gonna enjoy it. A lot of information. Let's get right to it. She's a family counselor, but I want her to, to you know, kind of just touch base on the field that she's in, and then we'll get right into the question and answers of um, this episode. It has a lot to do with childhood trauma and uh, the aftermath of childhood trauma. Perla, can you share with us just a few things about you, a little background, you know, for our listeners? First of all, I have to say that I am pretty cool. You said you have a cool (laughs) guest, so I am cool. And um, yes, I am a family counselor and a parent educator, and I have a small uh, project uh, website that I started. I launched this year. It's called In My Tribe, In Mi Tribu. It's the original name, In My Tribe in English. And it's just the uh, services that I offer for families, uh, uh, specifically Hispanic families. I have a passion for working with Hispanic families and, you know, just in the counseling field and educating them on parenting and nonviolent parenting and Christ-like parenting. So... That's what I'm doing. And I'm super excited to be here. It's exciting, it's nerve-wracking, and it's super fun. So thank you so much for inviting me. Well, I hope I, I could knock off the, the edginess of anything there. Yeah. Uh, because I think we are we have so much information to share with our mm-hmm. listeners today. You know, when, when I hear you talking uh, and describing what you do, your field, and all that, you seem to be like you have a deep affection um, for the type of field that, that you come from. Yeah. Why did you choose yeah. family counseling to well, be exact? I think that a lot of who we are, a lot of um, how we grow up and the experiences that we have have a lot to do with what we kind of desire to become one day. And I think I grew up in a, in, in Mexico and it wasn't a very fun family. I, uh, we had a lot of stuff going on in my family. And I think I just grew up with this desire to just bring understanding, not only to myself and, and, and make sense of what was happening to me when I was little, but also, you know, bringing information to the, to the families, to the, to the, in my family, there was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of dramas and a lot of things in the, in the families with my uncles and, you know, all that stuff and cousins and everybody. So I always felt, you know, this need and this passion to want to uh, fix their life. And I said, well, I can't fix their life, but at least I can try to help bring some sort of knowledge or or wisdom into what's happening and understanding. So then I got into the field of counseling and I started with child development, actually. Oh, nice. I became a teacher. I am a, 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 a preschool teacher in Mexico. I, I got my bachelor's in, in child development. And then from there, I just started discovering more about psychology and behavioral psychology and all of that. And then, you know, I just went right into working with families. And you know what's interesting is that, you know, in the Hispanic community or the Latino community at large, um, we don't, we tend to, it's yeah. almost like we tend to stay away oh, yeah. from this area, right? Oh, yes. It's uh, as like, far as counseling goes. Oh, yeah. It's like taboo. Like, you don't yeah. talk about psychology. You don't talk about counseling because I'm not crazy. So yeah. if we're not crazy, look, everybody grew up the same. And look, I'm all right, <laughs> yeah, okay? We, we Nothing happened to me. It, look, I'm here. Yeah, I'm alive. And yeah. I can eat. And I can walk. <laughs> but there's so much happening in the families. <laughs> but yeah, that's like the common mentality. Vicks does not help everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, we can't put that on. Uh, oh, but you, you use it for everything. We use yeah. it for everything. I don't know about childhood trauma though. Oh. <laughs> not for that. <laughs> not for that. 
For that, we need you guys. Although now we have oils, you know? Essential oils. Essential yeah. oils <laughs> that are very similar to what yeah. the grandma used to give it's you. A, Just well it, smell it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fancy way That's of calling it. hilarious. <laughs> it only costs you $90. <laughs> but no. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, I think that experiences both good and bad do something to our brain that makes us, you know, kind of react to certain things in, in as we're growing. I want to focus first of all before we get into like the uh, the you know the bad portion. I want to what happens to that one child, uh, that one kid that actually has a good healthy upbringing. Well, I, I think it's 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 just you know you're if we're thinking about children, not as a child, but eventually that human being becoming an adult. I mean, you're talking about someone who is going to be responsible, who is going to have a very good sense of who they are, a good sense of uh, self-esteem and identity. They're going to have probably, they're going to have a very high sense of belonging because they're going to have great relationship with their parents. They're people who um, uh, often make the best choices in life and they don't regret, you know, they don't, they have less regret for things because they are um, confident of who they are and what they do. And they have um, this support, strong support, yeah. you know, at the core, they have like what it, what it's their family and their support. So you're, you're talking about someone who is emotionally also emotionally healthy. Yeah. And that plays a huge role in who you are as a person, because usually everything that we do in life behavior is just a response to the emotional needs that we have. Everything that we do in our lives, the way we behave, it's because we are responding to an emotional need that we have. So if that emotional need, it's a positive need then my behavior is going to be positive so if it's a negative emotion that i'm feeling and it's 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 uh, awakening all of these negative needs then my behavior is going to reflect negative uh, uh, a negative behavior for those of you that are are watching us on youtube or that are listening to this website <clears throat> uh, to this podcast rather um wh one of the things that that you did personally is I gave. I was able to give you a copy of the of the yeah. of the galley, and the mm -hmm. galley. For those of you that that might not know what a galley is, a galley is simply an unedited version of the book. Mm -hmm. And so when my book came out, uh, I gave you and your husband one, and, and you actually brought it. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. well, what? Let me let me show it to the people who is going <laughs> to watch us on YouTube. It's right here. This is the original book. And I have to say, I also bought. You were going to sign this one for us, <clears throat> and then I told Casey no. Don't sign this one. This is not the signed version because I said, no, I'm going to buy one when it's actually out. And then you sign that one. Yeah. Because that's more legit. But yes, this is the original one. But that's the original. And what did you, what were your first thoughts? I mean, you, oh, you read man. through this. It's not a long read. It's no. very fast paced from what I, you know, the reviews that we're getting on a daily basis. What was your first thoughts? About I could have finished this whole book maybe in one, one day. Yeah. But I kind of had to like slow down. I wanted to end it because it was super um, impactful for many reasons. But I think one, it was just, um, I mean, you were a friend and, and I knew part of your story, but not as detailed as the book shares it. So when I started reading it, I think it was very emotional for me to just realize and to see, you know, the, the amount of. I don't even know, I mean, for lack of a, of a better word, horrible experiences that you went through as a child. That's one. Two, because of my field of work, I was just amazed to see the transformation. I mean, there's no, I was completely blown away with the person that you are today and who I knew you were compared to what I was reading did not make sense. So that kind of awakened a lot of questions in me. And I remember reaching out to you and saying, I have so many questions that I wish I could just ask you because I couldn't understand and I couldn't, I, I couldn't grasp how can someone at, at so, in, in so little time, because it, it's, there's not, you know, we can we can say there's a whole life, you know, like I think you were, how old were you when you got out of jail? Um, um, 24, 25, something okay. there. Okay, and how old are you now? I mean... I'm uh, 48. It's not a lot of time. It's not a lot of time. And you can, I mean, you came out of there transformed. Yeah. 
completely transformed already. So for me, it was like this counseling didn't do this. So what happened? And I had a lot of questions in terms of trauma and development because uh, biologically we are created in such a way that, I mean, really, Casey, I was so intrigued and so, I mean, I just wanted to to kind of like uh, pick your brain and know what was actually happening. that And, and it was just um, super impactful. And I felt super honored also to 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 have you and and scared <laughs> and scared because I was like, what would my mom, mom think if she knows that a shot caller comes and visits my house and, you yeah. know, we have barbecue together and kind of I was like, oh, my God, what is my mom, my dad getting? But, you know. Yeah. So one of the interesting things that you mentioned was that, you know, a, a healthy up, uh, upbringing. Mm hmm. The results of that, I mean, the chances of that child coming to society mm -hmm. and contributing, um, being an asset rather than a yeah. risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, as an adult now, I look and I go, you know, that's right. I mean, I, I got three kids now and and I could see yeah. the tremendous <clears throat> difference between a healthy, you know, um, raising of a healthy family, yeah, not a perfect one, but but a healthy one, yeah. And I see the responsibility in my mm -hmm. children. They're grown up. They're in colleges, and and I see the the stark, just tremendous difference that that you know impacts well, they their have life. A, they have a clean path. Yeah, they have a clean path. There's yeah. really nothing blocking them. There's no guilt. First yeah. of all, I hope they're not growing up with any type of guilt that they know yeah. that everything they have is unconditionally given to them. That's yeah. that's what it means to grow up in a healthy family environment where you know how to love your children. We have to discipline them in a way that it always uh, communicates to them that what we do, we do it because we love them unconditionally. Right. And violence, it's not only, you know, hitting people. Violence comes in a lot of different forms. Yeah. You know, there, um, I have a parenting class that I gave. And usually when we talk about this kind of, you know, the Christ-like parenting or nonviolent parenting, we talk about defining what violence is. And in that curriculum, what we, the way we define violence is everything that hurts the mind, the body, and the soul of a, of a child. And I go even a step further and I say, in the spirit. Because in the spirit, we were, I believe that we were created spirit, soul, and body. And in the spirit is where it is the, the core of who you are. Yeah. Uniquely designed. Only one person on this earth has your identity, has your way of being. And it's in your, your spirit is what gives you that identity. Yeah. So sometimes with the way we speak, the way we, we talk to our children, the, the things that we allow them to experience in life kind of um, can come so close to influencing their spirit. So then that completely can either uh, um, completely change the way they're going to behave because from the spirit comes and the spirit communicates to the soul and then the soul communicates to the body. So then the soul is where our emotions are. So then, you know, you have to be uh, always be aware of what, how are you raising these kids? Where are you actually um, uh, communicating or, or what is it that you're actually touching with what you do? Is it their spirit? Is it their emotions? Is it their physical body? So violence, when you have it in the home, you can have it in many different ways. Ignoring a child when they're, they do something wrong and you completely ignore them, that's a, that's a form of violence. And for a lot of people can be like, no, that's just, yeah. you know, disciplining them because they did something wrong and they need, they need to learn. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if you grew up with parents who ignore you, you think about that now and you say, ah, no, it didn't really affect me. I mean, I forgot about it. But if you go back to that age and you really think about how you felt at that age, it hurt you. Yeah. It created something in you that that we don't know how deep it went. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it comes out as we grow up. And then you just reflect those things in your life. So when you're talking about healthy children, your kids, for example, when they grow up in an environment that it's healthy, where you have a communication, when you express what you feel, when it's okay to be angry and not agree with each other, yeah. but communicate it in a healthy way. I mean, you're you're just providing a healthy path for life that's yeah. the way you do life yeah I, I totally agree with that you know um, um for me i got a, my first airplane ride 
I talk about this uh, quite a bit. Um, but my first airplane ride was at 46. And then right. I compare that to my youngest kids, you know, well, going back to when they were in fifth grade, <clears throat> their first plane ride was in fifth grade uh, wow. across the whole entire country from Los Angeles to uh, D.C. It, you know, yeah. wow. Uh, so and that's exposure, right? Like yeah, you exposed them yeah, to something that you were completely unaware of when yeah, you were little. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, you really didn't come out of a you know four or five mile radius. I mean, that's right. just how it was. Mm-hmm. Now, in the book, I mentioned something that happened to my father. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do go into a little bit of detail on that. Uh, my father, uh, you know, uh, Salvadoran. And um, this is in the, in, in very early on, you know, El Salvador was in, in a uh, civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, crooked poli- uh, politicians. Um, that seems to be the thing, right? And mm-hmm. um, he witnessed both his mom yeah. and his uh, uh, and his father yeah. being executed. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, you, you would know much better, but yeah. that's got to do something oh. to a young boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about a, a, a very um, chronic type of trauma. I mean, that's not something that you, that you even... I mean, me thinking about it, I can't even imagine it. I actually have it in this book, and I remember that that part was so uh, key for me that I even highlighted it. So whoever is on YouTube, I'm showing you where that part is in the book, and it's in page six. And I highlighted it because this, for me, was like, this is where everything started for you. Wow. You know, um, uh, spiritually speaking, we know about generational things, right? Yeah. We inherit things, generation, yeah. uh, Blessing through or gener- cursing. Re- blessings or cursings through generations. Yeah. Trauma is a curse. Yeah. And biologically speaking, scientifically speaking, Casey, that is proven in the brain. You can have generational traumas inherited from seven all the way to seven generations. So when your father experienced that, I mean, if we don't break that, now I'm talking spiritually, that's going to follow your line all the way to seven generations. Biologically speaking, it's in the brain. You're creating something that triggers in your brain. It's like a a trauma. It's pretty much like a like a breakage or like a bruise, like a bruise, something that happens biologically in the brain. That's why we know the shape that the brain uh, obtains when there's a lot of trauma is remarkable. You see it. Oh, this person went th- through a lot because you can see those marks in the brain. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the connections between neurons is just different. So you inherit that. So then your father, the way you describe your father here, for anyone who reads this book and has no knowledge of that, can say and speak so bad about your dad. But for me, when I read it, I was like, oh, my goodness. I felt so much compassion for your father because he just did not know. He yeah. just didn't know where that was coming from. Can you imagine a child? I don't I don't know if you say he's age here. I don't think so. No. Uh, but oh, uh, when that happened, I, I no, I but, but father... he's, he was around about eight years old. Yes, can you imagine an eight-year-old child seeing that? The amount of rage and, I mean, anger and rage and and, and powerless. I mean, whatever it. Yeah. Imagine what he felt aside from fear, and all of those things translated into the anger that he couldn't even explain why he had it, and he was hurting. I'm pretty sure that deep down in his soul. He knew he loved you and loved your mom, but did not know how to receive, how to embrace that love. He didn't know how to communicate that love because that part of his brain was completely damaged. It was pro- something happened in the middle of his brain that just uh, didn't allow him to connect yeah. in a way that was just, you know, healthy. How, how could he? Did he ever receive any type of help? I don't think so uh, and then, at all. And then you talk about him becoming an alcoholic. So he was always self-medicating himself yeah. with alcohol and probably drugs because, yeah. you know, th- that experience can bring so many things. Maybe he was experiencing depression and you guys didn't even know. Yeah. You know, 
that's 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 a given yeah. based on what i've heard I, I read and what i've heard you say about your dad i mean it's very likely that, that your dad was was completely depressed you know uh, another thing that i share in there is that one incident and this is one of those pivotal incidents i think every kid has a pivotal incident that kind of just it's almost like stored in your brain right right um whether it's good or bad and, and in my case this one this particular incident was a bad incident Mm -hmm. um, and it's when um, he grabs me from the shoulders yeah. and I can smell the alcohol, you know, in his breast. It's stale alcohol. And he, he, he just grabs me from the shoulders and in the most <clears throat> wicked form says to me, don't ever call me dad. Yeah. I hate you. Yeah. Um, even thinking about it now, yeah. Um, you, you know, you kind of like, mm -hmm. it does something to me personally. Mm -hmm. I have a son. I would never. Right. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that when you became a father for the first time, you had so many questions also oh, yeah. about like, whoa, because when you become a father or a mother, something awakens inside of you. Yeah. That love. That unconditional love for your children just it's some it's 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 almost like a button that just turns on. Yeah. And that it's you can't explain it. You can, you don't even know where that button is. It's just something happens to you when you yeah. become a father or a mother for the first time. And as a child, if you experienced anything like you did, I'm pretty sure that it brought a lot of questions to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you think about like what did I do? Yeah. What did I do? I mean, why would why wouldn't he love me? Why would he hate me? That that I I, I it was almost like a a battle in yeah. my in my mind mm -hmm. and in my heart as well. What did I do? Yeah. Like up to this point, what did I do that mm -hmm. that you have this disgust yeah. with even looking at me? That the, those were questions that that were um yeah it, they bothered me it completely broke your sense of yeah. belonging and yourself was of existence a lot of times you know purpose comes from the the core of where you were raised your family that's where you kind of start to discover your sense of purpose in life that's where you know kind of gain a little bit of the confidence to discover what you're going to do with your life growing up and you were eight I was eight, yeah. eight years old when he shook you. And I can tell you, I'm pretty sure that even to this day, you can smell alcohol oh, and yeah. something takes you back yeah. to that memory because it's it, it was in your brain. And I'll tell you something that I find myself doing with my son and, and with my daughters mm -hmm. all the way through. I find myself gr grabbing them from the shoulder mm. and then just telling them, you know, I love you. Mm -hmm. You're going to be so good. Mm -hmm. You're going to do great things. And I remember catching myself with my firstborn mm -hmm. when I grabbed her by the shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, even just the memory of that mm -hmm. when she could understand. And she was probably like maybe two Why? when I did that. And it was almost like God allowed me to like reverse yeah. the role, like to change it rather. Yeah, it was a way for of healing for you, yeah. but also an understanding of what that meant. And it's so significant, even the way he did it, you know, the way he stood behind you, taller, I'm guessing, than you. You were sitting, right? You say you yeah, were sitting, sitting on, the, on yeah, the chair on the and chair. he's standing and he grabbed you. Imagine that. It's like he's com completely over you and putting something so ugly on you and almost like he has power over you in that moment with this presence right and yeah. that has a significant impact so what you did with your daughters was reverse because you knew the impact of that in your life yeah. that impacted something it created something in you and if it didn't only create you know a longing for love and connection with your father because we were biologically created with that in yeah. us the bible says that we were created in his image and god's image and he created us with that longing for our creator when you come into the world um casey you don't know about god all you yeah. know is mom and dad they created me yeah. and you're 
core, your spirit is longing for that feeling of connection with who created you. The ones who are going to communicate that acceptance and that uh, unconditional love and that belonging, sense of belonging and and, and confidence and trust and all of those things, it's going to come from your parents. And if it doesn't come from them, then you grow up feeling the opposite of those emotions, the opposite of those things. And then you are longing forever for those things that were denied to you when you were at a younger age. In your field, do you ever uh, run into similar cases? You know, um, similar stories in terms of uh, the the experience of domestic violence in the home, that was very impactful as well when I read it in your book. I've never uh, worked directly with domestic violence victims, but I know that there are stories and I've heard them. But this one was particularly very unique because... I mean, you describe the way your mother was just battered to the point of death. And it's just, I mean, that was, that was, I think it was very unique to the story of your mom. I have never experienced, but I'm pretty sure it's out there. I mean, maybe because I'm not in that specific field, but I can tell you that I work (laughs) with children, young children, young maybe teenage uh, uh, women who who got pregnant at a young age because they experienced those things in the home where they had, you know, a father who will beat up their mom and, you know, they had no idea where to go and they felt helpless. You know, they didn't know what to do and they were longing and looking for this uh, acceptance and just sense of belonging again. Yeah. We're talking to Perla Leon. She's a family counselor. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think has plagued us, and mm-hmm. I'm almost going to repeat myself, but uh, with the Hispanic community, mm-hmm. is that we, it's, it's like a taboo to, to seek help. Yeah. Um, you know, our kid falls, we don't pick him up. No. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, he puts a, a fork in the socket, you know, that'll be the last time you put a yeah. fork in the socket. We'll oh, hear yeah. it. Stuff like that, you know, uh, but counseling or seeking help or yeah. refuge, mm-hmm. that's not something that the Hispanic community is used to. No. And I think um, that has helped us back mm-hmm. a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we become so self-sufficient mm-hmm. and we, 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 it's almost like an arrogance that, mm-hmm. oh, no, it's just, you know, this, this fixes itself i don't need it but it's also a lack of information i want to say yeah. it's some yeah. at some level it can be considered ignorance and, and economically we just oh yeah can't aff- you know are, are those parents in their in their mind i can't definitely. afford it definitely definitely you know? and i can tell you that that's one of the main reasons why i decided to do this because i mean i used to work at this organization and right very close to where you used to live when you were little yeah. in, in L.A. and and by Hoover and, and Washington. And I remember always for seven years I worked there. Every time I wanted to refer a client to counseling, they will come back to me because they didn't have one, the means, the money to yeah. pay. One hour was over $100 yeah. if it was for an individual. Yeah. And if it was for family, it was going to be, be above 150 yeah. They don't have the money to pay no. that. They're I'm, not going to, and they don't have insurance. Yeah. Especially here in this country, we yeah. have a, a lot of undocumented families that come from their country of origin and they don't have the means to yeah. pay for the services. So that's the reason why I felt I needed to do all of my services, offer them in Spanish first yeah. and see, you know, whatever God wants to do. But because it's very hard to access those services. So it's almost like for a Hispanic family, you talk about counseling, you're talking about a privilege. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't have the privilege to yeah. to go to counseling. Yeah, what are you like, talking about? It's either pay the rent or, or go to counseling. Or go to counseling. No, I'm just gonna stay here. And yeah. then they realize that I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. They, they, they they settle. They settle. And it's like I I'm going through this now, but if I wait two, three days, I'm gonna forget about it. Maybe if I'm being in a domestic violence situation, the my partner's gonna forget about it and then we're gonna have a week of good times and then even if he hits me again i mean i can live with it because yeah. i don't have the money to get out i yeah. don't know what to do i don't know how to um, help the resources and then you have children i mean the resources it's just crazy yeah and the resources are out there it's just you know uh, again it's it, it is a a a taboo 
yeah. uh, to to seek for for you know for help. Um, yeah. As a family counselor, what effects do you have you discovered in in some of these children that that the kids that you deal with right. on a daily basis? You know, of course, we're not going to name names or anything, but but I mean, you obviously mm-hmm. see, you know. You're, you're dealing with teenagers, you're dealing with, you know... Uh, yeah, with families with all ages. Of all ages. Kids of all ages. And I'm sure that you've... There's there's a particular story that might have affected you yeah. prior to knowing, you know, anything about me, but... Yeah. That that kind of stands out. I mean, mm-hmm. what are those things that you, that you see that are, are almost like common yeah across I, the board i think that one i mean i think that something that always spoke very loud to me was the lack of emotional connection yeah. that happens in the families in the hispanic families yeah. some some families can be very emotional yeah and you can see the difference between a family that has very strong emotional connection and they speak about emotion but um it, it's a very rare kind of emotional connection because we're used to saying, I, I love you, Mijo, or yes, yeah. you know, you, whatever. But but in, in terms of the way we discipline or correct our children, it's very, uh, it's almost like if we detach from, from love and we go immediately into anger and yeah. then it's like a weird dynamic. Like we confuse our children. Like, well, yeah. does he love me or does he not? Oh, well then he didn't mean means that he loves me. Like, it's like a weird dynamic that we live in the families. Right. So to me, I think it was definitely that I experienced working with a lot of, even I have to say, Casey, uh, women and men who were, Young adults that were maybe uh, already starting their own families, yeah. young families that I will work with where both the dad and the mom will say things to me about their childhood that was like, oh, my goodness, like this goes all the way back to when you were little. Wow. So we parent our kids from the child that we have within us. Yeah. We become adults, but we are actually just expressing the child you know, that we have within us, the child that we are inside. So everything that these people was talking to me, their experience and stuff, every time it will go back to their childhood. I couldn't move past their childhood because it starts there. So that's why your story for me was extremely impactful. And it was extremely like, I need to speak to you. I need to. And I remember asking you all those questions because I needed to know how can we prove that this actually happened and it's and it's like when i told you it was just it's a miracle yeah it's a miracle your life it's a miracle that's why when people read your book they can see that because of everything that you went through and and i'm pretty sure that maybe you know there are other kids out there who are experiences experiencing similar situations at home and they don't know what to do and the best thing that they can do is number one recognize and accept that that's not normal. Number two, speak to anyone that you think that can help. It doesn't matter if it's not a professional. Don't wait to speak to a professional because even a neighbor can hmm. uh, help you. You know, you sometimes yeah. we're like, no, well, it's my neighbor. I'm not going to go tell my neighbor. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe that neighbor is the one that's going to help you. Maybe that neighbor is the, the one that likes gossip and won't speak about what's happening. But it, it's making it public. You can't hide when you're experiencing something like this. It cannot stay behind behind doors it has to come out because it's the only way that we can help this is so imp- i mean I, I hope our listeners are re- I, and i think that we have their attention by now yeah. um uh, again i remind you i'm talking to perla leon uh, family counselor um uh, just amazing information even just in the last 30 or so minutes you know wh- one of the things that i saw uh, just recently <clears throat> for for example um there was this uh, i was on social media and they were pulling a prank and the prank was you know um it 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 was this daughter um making a joke a prank to her mexican father Uh and and it was just a prank and all you see is his hand oh just i mean it wasn't was about, it on it was, TikTok? It was on TikTok. I think I saw Did it. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. And it's a backhand. I mean, it was, it was like it was a, like a, yeah, but. A heavy. It was a heavy back. And then the comments were like, you know, yeah. some were laughing, some were, you know, 
And and I, one of the things that the the young girl commented on, on, on this incident was, "Relax, everyone. It's normal. It's just my dad. It's just my dad." <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, to me, it was like, I, I mean, I, yeah. I I watched it, and, and, and this happens, right? You know, I, I don't care if you're Guatemalan, yeah. Mexican, Salvadoran, wherever. It's a common thing. I mean, we even joke about it, right? Like mm-hmm. the chancleta. La chancla. <laughs> yeah, right? We, 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 yeah. we, 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 but yeah. that's how many kids are like authentically yeah. like in shambles? Yeah. Because this was their reality. Yeah. And the thing is that what happens is like, and, and again, you know, a lot of us can say, I grew up with that and yeah. there's nothing wrong with me. But what they don't understand is this, Casey. Look, we have three parts in our brain. Right. And I'm just going to go very simple. And I'm not a brain expert, but I have some knowledge that I can share today. So we have three parts in our brain, the lower part of the brain, the middle part of the brain and the higher part of part of the brain. On the higher part of the brain, we have all the reasoning, the things that happen, the the things that happen with reason, you know, the smart part, you can say. The middle part of the brain is where we have the amygdala, which is the one that controls the the stress levels. um, And we have all of our emotions are centered there. And on the bottom part of the brain, we, we, we have everything that helps us and allows us to work, um, to, to live and practice our, practice, practice our lives uh, by instinct. It's like our animal, like, like okay. our animal like side, like a survival mode. Okay. Right? So when you have high levels of stress and you live in a home where, where there are high levels of, of stress, you're constantly living and, and, and performing with your lower part of the brain. It's just trying to make it through the day. Yes, you're just trying to make it through the day. And you can say, wow. hi, but the chancla, what is that going to do to a yeah. child? Uh-uh. And at that age, at age 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, yeah. whatever you're doing that is violence to correct a behavior in a child is just alarming and yeah. creating this level of stress that it's making them perform in survival mode. Yeah. So then they're constantly doing things, making more mistakes. If you yeah. really think about it, when, yeah. what happens when a child, you know, drops the cup, the cup at the t- yeah, on the table it. and spills the milk yeah. and then you yell at them the next day, he's going to do it again. Yeah. Third day again. They're, and then he like becomes nervous. Yes. And he becomes the child that, oh, he's going to do it. Yeah. You already know he's going to spill the milk again. Wow. Because he's performing always on that particular moment of his day when he's about to sit at the table. He's already, his brain is already reminding him, alarm, alarm, something can happen. Alarm, yeah. alarm. Don't spill it. Don't, don't spill, spill it. it. Don't spill it. And then it goes. It spills. Yeah. So because they're they're living and in, 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 in just, you know, wow. using the lower part of their brain most of the time. So, yeah, that child is going to forget about those times. He's going to grow up. He's going to go to college. He's going to forget about it. And then that's just going to become a memory. But in that period of his life, he was living with those high levels of stress. And that creates trauma. Wow. That creates trauma. Wow. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I I really am. And I think our listeners are loving it. Me too. This is something that really (laughs) passionates me. And and it's just, you know, I love talking about this stuff. No, you know, and it's so much, uh, it's it's not just informational. It kind of makes us, you know, look, I I believe in disciplining children. Um, I I spanked my mind. Um, it, It wasn't like that. It wasn't, you know, with a backhand. It wasn't. With throwing objects to them, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. I, I I tried to follow a biblical way of disciplining my yeah. kids as much as possible. You know, uh, you don't you don't discipline them while you're still angry. Exactly. I, I, I no. learned that very early, and don't mm-hmm. don't do the mean face. Don't do the you know, calm down, and then yeah. then do the disciplining. You know, uh, there's a there's a right way of doing that. Yeah, and and then. After the discipline, that you know, you close the door, leave them in the room, you know, let them think that through. What, mm-hmm. what, what? Why did I had to go through this? Right. And I always told them, I said, you, you, I'm going to close the door, and I want you to think about what just happened. Yeah. Why did we get to this point? And I gave it, you know, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes yeah. an hour, sometimes 15 minutes. <clears throat> I always prayed. Mm-hmm. I always prayed. And, you know, literally, as a parent, I think we don't want to do that. 
No. We really don't. I, and then I, you I, do it and you feel like... <laughs> you, you feel like you feel bad, but yeah. you know that if God put it there, he yeah. knows best. Yeah. You know, and, and so I always made it a point to not just, you know, just leave them there and go about my day. Yeah. I didn't do that. What I did was they got disciplined, they got spanked, left in the room for, you know, whatever duration I prayed about it. And then I went back to the room. And had a talk. Yeah. I sat down next to them and we talked. And the cool part about this is the Bible tells us that when you discipline a child, they love you. Mm -hmm. They'll love you. And that's when you're doing, I think when you're doing it correctly, God's way, you really see that actually Mm -hmm. happening. I remember we always ended up with a hug, a respect. Um, we, t- we ended, usually we ended up talking for about an hour, yeah. hour and a half. It turned to laughter mm-hmm. it, it, and it was an understanding. And, you know, the, the episodes weren't like, rep, rep, you know, it wasn't like, oh man, I'm gonna have to spank him again. It, that yeah, was never yeah, in my yeah. mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It happened when it happened, but it wasn't yeah. something that I, one of the things that I, <laughs> my, my kids are adults now. Right. And. One of the things that my my, uh, my daughter shared with my son, who's uh, you know he's eleven years old, and one of the, <laughs> and it's funny. He says that they tell him, you know, you have it so easy. Oh, because you practice with them too. <laughs> yeah, you, Jacob, yeah. you have it so easy. Yeah, you know when when you know you don't, we were scared of dad, you know, mm-hmm. and and they're laughing about it. You know, we were like dad. They're not scared of their dad. They're not. If I tell you, they're not scared of their dad. Trust me, they're not. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that maybe when they were little, I can tell you even yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you, an adult's about to spank you. There's going to be some kind of fear of that. Yes. But, you know, I, I think there's a way of disciplining. Yeah, and I want to talk about that yeah. specifically because I think that for me, I mean, in my in my experience and in my parenting uh, uh, counseling and education, um, I even go as far as to say, even if you're a Christian, I do not recommend spanking because it's a form of violence regardless. You know what I mean? Like, I know that the Bible says that we have to give him with the rod, but, yeah. but I, I think that we can find other ways. Jesus came after that. So discipline comes from the term from disciple. So how do you disciple your children? Definitely, they have to understand the 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 meaning of consequence. There's a consequence, yeah. but we need to learn to to put it, put, even put those consequences in place. When a child makes, and I always tell this to parents, and maybe this is a section where we're talking about parenting, but I always tell this to parents: when you park, let's just say it's an example, you go mm-hmm. somewhere and you park somewhere, and there's no sign that says that you shouldn't park there, and then you get a ticket for parking there. You go to court and you fight that. What do you say to the judge? You say, well, I was given a ticket, but this is not fair because I didn't, there was no signs and I parked there. No one told me. I didn't know. The judge is going to say, all right, forgiven. You don't have to pay. Just go and then whatever, right? You come back to the same spot and you see that there's no sign and they give you a second ticket and you go to the court. What is the judge going to say? You know, you shouldn't have done that again. Yeah. But there was no signs. And he's going to tell you, it's okay that there are no signs. But you, mister, you knew that it was wrong to park there. Whether there are signs or not, you knew that there was wrong to park there. So then now the consequence is then you have to pay. Because this time you knew that you couldn't park there and you did it anyway. It's the same when we we discipline or we want to correct our kids. They're going to make mistakes that happen once. And then you're going to, as a parent, you're going to have to understand it's a one-time mistake. Let's talk about it. Let's teach them that it was wrong. And let's tell them that the consequence for something like this is going to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. The second time that they do it, then the consequences has, has to be put into place. So I'm going to get a little controversial here. I'm um, kind of, you know, and I, not just because, but I think that it's important to, to like really look at, mm-hmm. I, I believe like always looking at the whole entire thing. Yeah. Like never make a decision on just one thing. Study it out yourselves, because I think that like in our society right now, one of the things that I see personally is the outright disobedience of authority. Oh, yes. Rampant. Oh, yeah. 
Definitely. You know, like no order. There's, there's no, no order. order. Um, no one cares for order. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last generation that we're, that we're living in, um, you, we see dads and moms when they get a call from the from the teacher. Let's say mm-hmm. right away, the teacher is at fault, uh-huh. and not their kid. It's the teacher's fault. We see uh, when somebody gets pulled over, uh-huh. right? Uh, it's why am I getting pulled over? You know that why am I getting pulled over? I mean that that you know you're being this or you're being that. Right. You know, right now we're dealing with racism. You know, you're being racist or you're gonna, you're, you're pulling me over because I'm Hispanic. Yeah. Whatever the case is. There is no regard for just simple instructions. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when I see the scriptures and yeah. I see that God is saying, don't spare the rod because yeah. you'll spoil the child. I always lean towards the Bible rather than man. Right. Be- even though I respect you know yeah. your degrees i respect your your yeah. input uh i really do but i'll always lean to the scriptures yeah. because they work yeah and 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 you know i've always said this you know look at the whole entire picture mm-hmm. before you make a decision yeah you know even if you're listening to us right now you know well uh, oh that's kind of yeah. she's saying one thing he's saying another yeah but they're both Christians. No, but I'm going to come back to you yeah. with something. Let me, let me say, I'm thinking about what I'm going to tell you. Don't think I'm just going to stay with this. I have something to tell you. Go for it. Shoot. Yeah. So, yes, the Bible speaks about that. But yeah. it also says that we shouldn't provoke our children into anger. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. What does it, what, what happens to you when someone does something to you that in the moment, even if it's for a spare of a second, you think that it's unjust. You get angry. Yeah. That you can provoke those feelings in your kids. So I'm not saying that you don't have to discipline. I I completely understand what you're saying. But that's why there's a part in my teachings and my series of parenting classes yeah. that I offer where, where we talk about uh, 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 raising our kids with intention. You have to know what's your intention. Yeah. If we want children to be respectful, you have to teach respect. If yeah. you want them to be honest, you need to be honest. So yeah. we're talking about values. So when somebody does something, let's say my kids, I have two kids, one that it's going to be 10 and another one that's going to be six. The yeah. one that's 10, it's something. Um, something. <laughs> said, He's, it's he, something. It's something. I mean, he challenges me. He challenges me because he triggers a lot of stuff in me, yeah. right? He's the one that challenges me the most as yeah. a parent. But I also constantly find myself that he does things, and maybe they're innocent things, yeah. but I always go to see the intention. Mm-hmm. What was your intention when you did that? Whatever. I'm not even going to say yeah, his yeah. name, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, and he looks at me. But uh, da, 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 you know, and he justifies, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry, because in this house, That's right. those intentions, yeah. so that has a consequence. So he never gets away with no consequence. Let yeah, me tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I personally don't spank because I grew up like that. Mm. I grew up with you know, and I don't know how to spank without being mad. Mm. If I'm not angry, I don't feel the need to spank them. Yeah. If I'm not mad, I don't feel the need to spank them. I, mm. I it to me honestly, it doesn't even make sense to spank if I'm not angry. Yeah, and see, like for me, it was I never got spanked. Right. Not once. What? You know? What? So. So crazy. So then, I yes. end up in shambles in life because right. there was absolutely no discipline. There was hate. That was yeah. thought to be used as discipline. Do you think? But there wasn't any discipline. Do you think that it, if there, if you would have had someone mm-hmm. who was that figure, that disciplined figure in yeah. your life, things would have been different? Uh, I, yes, if there would have been a balance, mm-hmm. because I think that's that's where it, it makes a difference. Yeah. In my home, like you know, there's love. Uh, there's there's affection. Right. There's goofing around. There's <laughs> lots of goofing lots around. Lots of goofing around, as you know, uh, my middle child. Um, you know, we, we, <laughs> Hello, there. We know you. <laughs> we know you. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of that. And you know what? In fact, yeah. you know, because we always talk about like, uh, you know, in families, uh, the middle child, right? Because that's uh-huh. the one that goes neglected. And all. Well, it's the middle child. Yeah, it's always the middle <laughs> child, right? So, But in my heart, I literally yeah. prayed, like literally prayed and asked God, I don't want that to happen to yes, my that's middle right. child. That's good. 
I want I want I want it to be right across the board that I'm fair with yes. all of them. Yeah. And I would catch myself though. I would I would catch myself at 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 certain moments where I was being unfair right to her. Mm-hmm. And and we have a great relationship. I mean, I think we do. I mean, you know, we yeah. we goof around and and uh you know, I, I I have a great time with my kids. Back to your question, do I think things would have turned out differently? If that balance would have been there and the spanky would have been there, I believe so. I yeah. I really believe so. And I think that that's why it's important. And there's a lot of programs out there, Casey, a lot of programs that help young people, kids, youth with, you know, this, like they want to be the positive influence that they don't have at home. They want to create it somehow in those children and those young people, you know, even at churches. That's why youth ministry is so important for us in church, because that, I mean, those are the kids who are going to become adults. I mean, I, I, now we've been in our church for almost, what is it, 14 years, and I see kids who I literally carried, and now they're <laughs> like older, or, or like kids that started when they were 10, and now they're young adults, yeah. and I see them, and it's like, man, that's beautiful. See, you see the result of the influence that the church played in their in their lives, and it's amazing. I, I'm glad that you just brought that up, because and I, I really, I need to say this. I've seen well-intended Christian parents yes, that drop the kids off oh, at yeah. youth, mm-hmm. but at home, it's a whole different deal. Oh, my goodness, yes. It's horrible at home. Yeah. But they're Christian. Yeah. And then when, when they don't see the kid doing mm-hmm. great in, in their eyes, they tend to blame the church. The church. Yeah. And I want to say this clearly. It yeah. is not the church's responsibility to raise your kid. Yeah, it is. That not. is a help. Yes. Not the responsibility is not the church's. Those those men, those young adult ministries, those youth ministries, those are pivotal. Yeah. And they're needed. Mhm. But they are not responsible for raising your children. No, and 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 I have to add to that like on the biological side of it. I mean, when our babies are born, they give us a brand new brain. It's yeah. Don't look at the baby. Imagine the doctor giving you a brand new brain in your hands and you have that brain in your yeah. hands. You are responsible for shaping that brain Yeah. up into adulthood. Yeah. Not the pastor, not the leader, right. not the friend, not the teacher. I mean, they have an area that yeah. they work on. But I, I'll tell you, the main responsibility of us parents is to shape well. That brain to really work in that brain to help help in every every area uh, uh, emotional development, physical development, uh, cognitive development in every single area, because it all starts at home. The the years, the most important years of of the development of a human being is are from zero to five. Yeah, because it's when we grow so fast everything happens so fast and you go through so many shocks because you're learning how to speak you're learning how to walk you're learning how to eat you're learning how to behave you're learning how to everything from zero to five and sometimes we parents forget we forget like i found myself many times forgetting that my son was not five was not 12 years old that he was four and i used to treat him as if he was a 12 year old without even thinking because my expectations for him were way higher than what he was capable of doing and as parents we do that a lot we do that a lot and then when we see that we can't do it we can't it doesn't work i didn't do it right then what do we do well we handle that responsibility to somebody else let the youth pastor let the teacher let the grandma that's another one grandma raises kids now Yeah. yeah Their grandkids, they can't be the loving, spoiled grandma. They have to be the one that disciplines the kids now. And that's completely out of order and wrong. And then biblically speaking, I mean, God gave us a gift. Yeah. And it's... To steward. To steward. To Stuart, but also it's it says in and I think it's in Psalms where it says that it's a gift that he gives to us and it's he's he's a a a, a sign of approval to yeah. us to who we are. He approves of who we are. He's entrusted in us with something yeah. so beautiful and so life. unique, a human life that has a specific purpose that before he gave it to us was with him in yeah. heaven. And he it's like, us. how can you how can you not take care of that beautiful yeah. gift that he gave? gave you and we think oh you know 
No, that kid has us. No, no. Parents, I'll tell you, those kids were given to you yeah. for a specific task, for a specific purpose. And yeah. sometimes we forget about that. Yeah. I can tell you, I, I can ask you rather. I'm pretty sure, Casey, but I want you to say that to me right now or confirm that it, or, or, or deny it if it's not. Your kids have done amazing, impactful changes in your life as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Big time. But, but specifically, talking specifically about your story, mm. I'm pretty sure that as a, as a parent, you discovered so many things about you that oh. you did not know were in there until yeah. you became a parent. Yeah. And that made you the man who you are now. Yeah. So your kids were a gift to you. Yep. It doesn't say, oh, you parent are a gift to, to your kids. <laughs> the Bible says they are a gift to, to you, us. Yeah. to us. Yeah. So no, how can we forget that? That's great stuff. That is so yeah. great. Um, uh, we're going to come to a close here soon, but there are people that are going to be listening right now to, to this podcast. What's a path to healing for this type of trauma that, you know, child abuse, uh, neglect, um, you know, um, violence, uh, domestic violence, and I know I know that that's not your area, but yeah. But what's a what's what's a path, a safe path to health? In I these think that areas? the one that can answer the question is you, because that those were that was one of the questions that I asked you when I, yeah. I told you that I read the whole book, and I told you I know it doesn't matter how many hours of counseling you can spend with someone. Yeah, I know because I know. That that healing can only come from God. Yeah. There's no other way around it. There are things in our brain that are called neuropathways. And those things are created because it's what our brain creates. It's like a pathway to life. It's a pathway to behavior. And, 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 and it's what kind of like directs us and, and tells us how to behave and yeah. what to do. And, and, and sometimes, honestly, I mean, you, you don't even know why or how they got there. They're just there. Yeah. And what I find amazing uh, uh casey in your story and the reason why i love it so much and i and i use it sometimes as an example in my classes is because you well god completely completely rewired your brain and we were talking the other day intimately about yeah. you know certain experiences where you know that it's still something there yeah. but god completely erased those neural pathways of behavior and completely made new ones for you yeah. that doesn't happen in counseling we can try and try and try and try and maybe we can help direct you know maybe spark something in there but the complete healing and miracle only comes from the holy spirit there's nothing Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Nothing I, I else. One hundred percent agree. And you know, it, and it's one of those things that you know, um, if if I didn't, if I didn't study the scriptures, and see that <clears throat> God really, when when God heals somebody, mm-hmm. when he when when he told people, you know, you're whole, when he spoke words oh, like yeah. that. Your whole, like, what he was saying is, here's a white, clean page. Yep. Exactly. That's here's it. a clean bill of health. Yep. Upon whatever you went through, here's a clean bill of health. Yeah. And and you know, uh, it 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 wasn't medication. Mm-hmm. It wasn't counseling. Mm-hmm. It was the work of the Holy Spirit that did something in my heart and will do the same thing in your hearts. Yep. I want to end with this, you know, and, and I think um, it's, it's something that a lot of my listeners um, probably kind of ponder about, mm-hmm. uh, especially the ones that have read my story. Uh, I attempted to, uh, to murder my father on several occasions. Mm-hmm. And one that sticks out like a sore thumb is an incident when I'm, I'm about eight years old, and I find him on the floor, Mm -hmm. drunk, passed out, next to a gas heater. And um, I turn on the gas. And with full intentions, Mm -hmm. it it was almost like, here's an eight-year-old, and I think about it now, and I'm going, 
That can't be normal. How can an eight-year-old think like that, right? How can an eight-year-old be willing Mm -hmm. with no feeling, no regard, and know that if he smells gas long enough, I do that with my hand. It's almost like going back to that day. Yeah. How can that? How can that be normal? It it just can't. And I think that it's an idea that crosses a lot of kids' minds. Hmm. It's not. It's not unique to you, because if you really think about it, and, and it's like I shared earlier. Yeah. I mean, you were like an animal, looking for survival. Yeah. So without even thinking, it's possible that your brain was already thinking about ways to survive in that yeah. environment. And the only way to survive was by killing, you know, the oppressor. I mean, disappearing that. If I can't, if I can't get out, if I can't take my mom out, I'm, I'm little. You know, the only way out was really getting rid of the one who was causing the damage and the pain. It's sad that it started in your life at eight years old, but it's not unique to you, Casey. There's a lot of kids out there who have those thoughts and who have planned, you know, they planned ways of getting rid of the one who's hurting them and the, the person that they love the most. That's why I think that we have to, I continue to to try to educate people, our people. Like I have a passion not yeah. only for parenting and counseling, but to really come to the heart of people and speak the word of God and the love of God into those families. I believe yeah. that there is restoration. Amen. Restoration is possible. You know, it's not the knowledge. Obviously, the knowledge helps. Yeah. Trust me, it helps because it it, it paints a different picture. But the work is done through God, nothing else. That's why my curriculum is called called Christ-like parenting because we want to emulate the love of Christ, the way he sacrificed his life, everything that he did in us first so that our kids can be like us. It's like, and also there's another Bible verse that says, I want to be like you. Uh, kids, um, what does it say? Uh, children, be like the the be like your loving father or something like that. I don't remember it, yeah. and I'll be saying it wrong if I say. It, but but I know that we have to want to desire to be like Jesus so that our kids can be like us. Because if we are like him, then they'll be like us. Then we win. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yes, to to say that to you, I think it's it's for 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 people who have not read the book. Get ready to cry, get ready to connect, get ready to experience, get ready to maybe even ask yourself some questions. Because even though I didn't have a life as like the way you had it, I was able to relate in a lot of emotions and a lot of um, just uh, the growing up in a Hispanic culture, you know, that was very, very uh, touchy. And it was very um, uh, of connection. You know, we spent a great time amount. Um, I think, man, we got to have you back at some point. <laughs> but we're speaking with um, Perla Leon, and her website is enmitribu.com, enmitribu.com. Yeah. Um, if you're out there, you're Hispanic, you're bilingual, or you just, you know, you know somebody that speaks only Spanish, and they need help, and they don't know where to even begin. This is a great starting point to point them to to Perla, enmitribu.com, and get the adequate professional help. You need to talk to somebody. You know, uh, you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, my prayer is for those of you that are listening, uh, and maybe your neighbor your neighbor's kid is going through some trauma. Yeah. Maybe you you know of a, a single mom um, that's going through some deep emotional stress and j- they just don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. Here's the starting point, enmitribu.com. Listen, folks, we, we run to uh, to the end of this episode. 
But I'm going to promise you that I'm going to have Perla back over here. I'm over here doing promises. I don't know if I hey, can keep it, but I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Nah, it was it was great. I love talking about this stuff and any opportunity I can have of just sharing, you know, whatever the Lord has done in my life, all the knowledge, all the things that I've I've gone through, you know, the courses, the certifications, all of those things. None of that matters to me, Casey. It doesn't I don't have them on my wall because it's not to glorify myself. It's yeah. just to glorify the one who created me. And that's what I want. I want to give back to the community. I really want them to to hear what the Lord has to say for them. And that's, you know, and I see that in, in your life. Uh, and this is why, you know, we, we have such a great friendship with your husband and, and yourself and, and your whole family. You're a wonderful family and wonderful friends to us. Um, you, you mean you. a lot to us. And I, I just, you know, if you're listening out there, I want you to go ahead and make sure that you visit the website Get a hold of her um, because this is someone that really authentically cares about this subject matter. Yeah. And, um, you know, just reach out to her, PerlaLeonEnmitribu.com. Hey, guys, um, we're we're to a close here. I want to remind you um, that you can always reach me at KCDS.net. Um, if you want to support this podcast, you could always do that. Uh, go to uh, KCDS.net on on the podcast uh, icon there, press that, and it'll have uh, sponsors there. And you can become a monthly sponsor uh, to, hey, keep the lights on in this place. I can't do podcasts in the dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for for being with us on this episode. Um, thank you so much, Perla. You're welcome. I it was really, great. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. God bless you guys. Los Angeles. You got you to gotta enjoy this thing. I mean, this is um, this is why we do what we do here at the Shot Caller Podcast. Love you guys. Till the next time. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>